is New York. Cred that the others don't have. Curtis Lewa. Talk Radio 77 WABC. I believe I can fly. I believe I can touch the sky. I think about it every night and day. Spread my wings and fly away. Could easily be the theme song. For the swagger man, Eric Adams, male with no plan, who just picked up and left. We'll get to that momentarily, Lou. Part of the reason that I'm playing the pedophile on a pedestal, R. Kelly, is in retaliation for what I heard for a full hour yesterday on Bo Snurdly, a.k.a. Uh, the Michael Jackson sycophants of the Bo Snurdly Show, 4 to 5. Dancing and prancing with their gloves on and their glitter, glitter outfits, and also doing the moonwalk was Kevin Perez, his board operator. Rich Radabali, who fancies himself as a DJ. Um, Diego, who is crying because Mexico uh, got knocked out of a uh, World Cup. And of course, Bo Snurdly, who, um, this is what I would suggest, Lou. You remember, remember how, um, Spike Lee, 40 Acres and a Mule, used to uh, do a party in Central Park at the Nethermead Meadow at the end of August uh, for Michael Jackson, the pedophile on a pedestal's birthday. Remember every year, people would all come dressed like Michael Jackson. I'm suggesting that Bo Snurdly resume that tradition, walk in there dressed like Michael Jackson, do a moonwalk, and DJ Michael Jackson uh, records. As he was all for toots over the 40th anniversary of Thriller, I, I, I was so I wanted I want I felt soiled yesterday. I, I just wanted to take a shower. So enough of this. Enough of the R. Kelly. Give him triple life without parole, and you can add Elvis, that pedophile with a pe- uh, on a pedestal, and his cousin Jerry Lee Lewis, great balls of fire. Yeah, I know he just died, and him too. But anyway, you're getting me all upset here with the playing of that music. Let's get back on track. The reason that that music was played, I can believe I can fly, because he did. The mayor of the city of New York, Eric Adams, decided to pick up and go. And uh, speak at an anti-Semitism conference uh, in Greece. We'll talk about that momentarily. But he left up, like he always does, as an enigma, how it is... He's going to pay for the trip that he's taking from Athens, as was described by our news director, Noam Laden, uh, to uh, the World Cup championships uh, in Qatar, and then travel back from Qatar all the way to JFK so that he can be here by Monday. Uh, Luke and I hear initially what his comments were yesterday about who's going to be paying uh, for his trip to Qatar. For the uh, the uh, Cutter's trip, uh, I'm, it's on my dime. When I do my dime, I could do my time, and I won't hear one, anyone whine. <laughs> what the hell is that? When it's on my dime, uh, it's on my time, and I don't want to hear anybody whine. Let's see if he said it in a different way that is more perceivable, understandable, and isn't sort of somehow uh, thrown in as the hip-hop mayor now does increasingly more and more with a hip-hop rhyme. I'm taking a quick flight on my dime 
to go inspect what is happening there so that we can be prepared. You know, I'm, a, I'm an on-the-ground guy. Now, again, as was explained on this show, this is the lunchtime edition of WABC. It's 45 minutes uh, of rip and read. No, no calls, please. Yeah, you can do that all weekend long. But uh, as was explained yesterday to all of you by Michael Maricic, Rudy Giuliani, I mean, he is Mr. Law and Order. He is Mr. Public Safety. He actually devised the security plan for Qatar for the Southeast Asian Games years ago, which has been the template for the World Cup. So Eric Adams didn't have to go globetrotting. And you know he ain't paying for this trip. There ain't no way a man who took with him five brand-new customized suits, I'll tell you from where tomorrow, and who his private tailor is, on $265,000 a year salary can afford five brand-new customized suits a, a week and travel to Qatar and back. Now, he did indicate later on that his entourage, which is a sizable one, I don't, I don't know if they'll need a 747 for all the deputies he's taking with him, his toadies, lackeys, assistants, his brother Bernard, who's going to make sure he's not attacked by white supremacists, and his police security guard. Uh, I have a feeling the city is paying for that. But I'm going to get down to the nitty-gritty. But let's get to the topic at hand, anti-Semitism, because we can't turn left, right, any which way in the news today without talking about some form of anti-Semitism that has affected some part of the globe. And yesterday, uh, Eric Adams, one of the speakers at this international conference on the growing problem of anti-Semitism, had this to say in Athens. The first was this experiment we did in school. It seems a little hideous now, but it was something that we did. You would take a frog and put it in a pot of hot water and it would jump out right away. But if you took that same frog and you placed it in cool water and turned up the temperature just slightly, it would stay there until it it boils itself to death. Wow. Uh, And I I don't know what the metaphor is for this. I I, I don't think it was appropriate to be talking about boiling frogs. Uh, What are they, bisection uh, of a frog, you know, uh, (laughs) in biology class? Oh, what the hell? What what school did he go to? You know, I think it would have been much better before this congregation of international folks interested in what to do to curb anti-Semitism that instead, Lou, instead of talking about boiling frogs alive, which is somewhat sick. But then again, it goes back to when he was Brooklyn Borough president and advocated drowning rats alive, four-legged rats, not two-legged rats in his administration, uh, four-legged rats. He actually did it in in a press conference in front of the press. He drowned rats. That didn't work. There are more rats in Brooklyn than ever before. We'll get to that momentarily, the appointment of a brand-new rat czar for New York City. But, Lou, and uh, what do you think, Macedonian Phil? Maybe the story of the scorpion and the frog would have been much better. You know how the scorpion wanted to cross the river. Let's say in this case, the frog being the Jew who is carrying the scorpion, who is the Gentile. And the frog hesitates, afraid that the scorpion might sting it, as Gentiles have to Jews through the centuries. But the scorpion promises not to, pointing out that it would drown if it killed the frog in the middle of the river. 
The frog considers this argument sensible and agrees to transport the scorpion midway across the river. The scorpion stings the frog anyway, dooming them both. And the dying frog asks the scorpion why it's stung, despite knowing the consequence to which the scorpion replies, I'm sorry, but I couldn't resist the urge of a pogrom. It's in my DNA. It's in my nature. Lou, that would have been a much better story to tell. Instead of boiling frogs. And then again, uh, comes on the heels of when he was Brooklyn Borough President. Eric Adams uh, declared war on rats and lost in the borough with the most rats, although it is the largest borough with the largest population. So yesterday they put out, now this might be something for you, uh, Macedonian Phil, to apply for. They're looking for a rat czar for the city of New York. They call him or her. Or if they're non-binary, I have no idea what they call them. Director of Rodent Mitigation. You can make $170,000 a year. And the... (laughs) This is incredible. (laughs) This is the job description. Write it down, Macedonian Phil. You need a swashbuckling attitude, crafty humor, a general aura of badassery, and you must have a virulent vehemence for vermin, for rats. And this was put on by the sanitation commissioner, useless as she is, Jessica Tish, who lives in the Park Avenue penthouse, past the Grey Poupon, and has uh, Jeeves driving to and from work in her uh, stretch limo. And she says, oh, uh, at the press conference, this is what she said, Lou. She said, look, we have a brand-new T-shirt we put out with the Department of Sanitation. It says, the rats don't run this city, we do. And you know how much they're charging for it? Fifty bucks. Man, this is not going to work. i tell you what. Save the taxpayers money. Uh, Lou, do you have a sound of a cat? Can you come up with a sound of a cat? There's a simple way to curb the number of rats rodents, and mice that we have in the city. It's a natural way. It's done in stores. It's done in supermarkets. It's done in bodegas. You've heard the bodega cat. And it's done outdoors in all five boroughs. There are men and women, mostly women, who have feral cat colonies. And these are cats that live outdoors. And wherever there are feral cats, there are no rats, there are no mice, there are no rodents. Very minimal cost other than maintenance of the cats. All you got to do is feed them and make sure they have water. And when it's inclement weather, give them a little house. It's a little box house. And, hey, good to go. It's the best rat, mouse, and rodent deterrent that God has ever created. It's natural. It's Mother Nature. But, oh, no, 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 no. We need a rat saw. Anyway, speaking of rats, he's ready to rat them all out. He appeared yesterday, as I told you, at the uh, conference that was sponsored by the New York Times. How dare he? Sam Bankman-Fried. Remember, I told you, never trust anybody with three names. So this kid who looked like he fell out of a bunk bed in summer camp, uh, all disheveled, uh, in a a drug-induced psychosis, appeared by Zoom from the Bahamas where the crooked Bahamian leadership there is giving him sanctuary and saying, don't anybody think that they can take him out and change and shackle. Sam is ours. Sam is now declaring poverty, Lou. He claims he has only $100,000. And everybody asks, where's the $32 billion of investments in FTX? 
And this is what he had to say yesterday on behalf of the New York Times, the old gray lady that always supported this guy. I mean, always went the, the whole nine yards to support FDX and Sam Bankman Freed. I didn't ever uh, try to commit fraud on anyone. I, I was excited about the prospects of FTX a month ago. Um, I saw it as a thriving, growing business. I was shocked by what happened this month. And, you know, reconstructing it, uh, where are there things I wish I had done differently? Yeah, Junior Bernie Madoff, you need to go to jail. Why they haven't extradited him from the Bahamas? And it's not just the United States. There are other countries uh, whose uh, whales, they won't be named, they don't want to be ashamed and embarrassed, invested millions of dollars in this uh, cryptocurrency Ponzi scam in the Bitcoin bandits of FTX and the blockchain criminals of FTX and the other cryptocurrency businesses. I don't know if any of you have noticed, Lou, in the last week, three of the crypto titans, three men who own these cryptocurrency Ponzi schemes have mysteriously died in one week since FTX collapsed about 10 days ago. The first one in Hong Kong, a guy named T.T., Right, 30-year-old Chinese guy, he owned the Amber Group, nothing more than a cyber currency, cryptocurrency Ponzi scam. And he supposedly died in his sleep. Now, am I to believe that Michael Corleone sent his bodyguard Rocco with a my pillow and put it over his head and put him to sleep permanently? Probably. Probably. And then there was Nikolai was 29 years old, who was with the other cryptocurrency pirates who have been given sanctuary in Puerto Rico. They have a whole enclave there because it's not only a tax shelter, but it's offshore. So you invest with them in their exchange. They give you a uh, PIN number. And if you lose that PIN number, you lose your millions of dollars in the Bitcoins to the Bitcoin criminals. Anyway, he mysteriously drowned in the Atlantic Ocean at 29. And then a guy named Tehran, who was 53, who owned the Liberty cryptocurrency Ponzi scam business, a Bitcoin bandit himself, a billionaire. His helicopter mysteriously crashed in Monaco. Monaco. Slowly I turn, step by step. Now we know why Eric Adams went on vacation in the middle of the general campaign against me for mayor to Monaco. The only people who ever went to Monaco, as Robin Leach uh, would say before he died, the rich and the famous. And I will find out who Eric Adams met with, which Bitcoin bandits, which blockchain criminals, which cryptocurrency Ponzi scammers when he spent a whole week last summer in Monaco. Check this out. No one knows New York better. The founder of the Guardian Angels, Curtis Lewa. And you can't compete against that. On 77 WABC.
Good news, Lou. Good news, Macedonian Phil. Good news to uh, our owners, John and Margot Katsimatidis, uh, president of Operations Red Apple Media, our, our parent company. And to all of our vast listeners in the tri-state area and at night in 38 parts of uh, the United States, part of Canada, a sliver of Europe, and right on down to Davy Jones's locker between Bahamas and Bermuda. Bermuda, where Cousin Brucey got his first radio gig. Not here. Bermuda. And then, of course, the Bahamas, which continues to be a sanctuary for their crypto Ponzi pirate. Sam Bankman-Fried. Never trust anybody with three names. But good news to report. We got the ratings here at WABC, and we are number one again, blowing away all the competition. And I must salute the guy who starts it all in the morning, Sid Rosenberg, from 6 to 10. His numbers went right through the roof. And having done morning drive myself many, many years, uh, back in 91 and 94, Angels in the Morning, and then uh, for nine years with Ron Kuby, whose mommy was a commie. You start off in the morning, it's like a relay race. If you can get ahead of the pack, the competition, it makes it so much easier for the rest of us, for Brian, for O'Reilly, for me, for Greg Kelly, who follows, for Rudy, for uh, Bo, obviously for the 5 o'clock roundtable discussion at John Katsimatidis, his guests, Mark Levin, O'Reilly again, Rita Cosby, and yes, Dominic Carter and the other side of Midnight with Frank Morano. And it starts with Sid Rosenberg. And Lou, let me salute you because you're part of the team. And let me give you a backhanded salute uh, to you. Uh, Macedonian Phil and to Justin Alec, uh, producer, and the entire team, the morning show. You did an outstanding job, and you made it easier for us to stay in first place because you got out of the blocks, you blew the competition away, you lapped the competition. That's how good the numbers were. And then, actually, to be honest with you, if we jogged, which we didn't do, we would have stayed in first place ourselves. So let me thank you, and as a result of that, This morning, Sid Rosenberg, who did not know any of this, announced that there would be a new feature for his show, except it wasn't during the four hours, Monday through Friday from 6 to 10 here on WABC. All these years, I've been so jealous of Howard Stern's wrap-up show with Gary Delabate. And who knew? For the last couple of weeks, I've got my own wrap-up show. And it starts right now. The Sid Rosenberg wrap-up show with Curtis Lewa. Curtis, take it away. And you will regret ever suggesting that. I promise you, Sid Rosenberg, this will become your worst nightmare. Because I'm going to cherry pick from your show. And it's going to be constructive criticism. But you know with me, it's never down the middle, meds and meds and poco poco. I'm an extremist. Like this morning, I'm listening to Joe Nolan, right? Stay in Jersey City, Joe. You know nothing about New York City. Look at the advice that Joe Nolan, our traffic guy for many, I mean, like he's been at this business about 50 years, half a century, gave to Sid Rosenberg's lovely wife, Danielle, as he heard that she would be traveling into the city today. Oh, my God. Yeah. So what that's a mess. Be. That's where the mess is going to be. So take mass transit. If you're going in to see the tree, you're really going to do anything. Do that. Uh, take, to, take the take subway the so you can get shot in the face. Before well, you there even is make that. it to the Brooklyn but, Bridge. Uh, 
Say hi to Adams when you put it in. How about a subway? That's, that's good advice. That's lousy advice. Lou, I want Joe Nolan fired. I mean, look, if this is going to be the wrap-up show, and remember, it can't all be just positive stuff. You know, we can't just chew uh, Sid Rosenberg's uh, BVD's Fruit of the Loom, you know, and praise him. Joe Nolan's got to go. To be advising anybody to take this away. Example, Joan Hamburg was in studio today. You can hear her Sundays from 2 to 3. She's the first lady of talk radio, and she has been an iconic figure in talk radio for decades. Do you know what she told Jennifer Grodd, our celebrity booker and producer of the Rudy Giuliani show? This is from Joan Hamburg, who used to take the subways on her own. She said, Jennifer, do not take the subways. If you have to Uber, I'll pay for it. Please, I, I... I don't want you getting hurt. The crime is out of control. I heard this myself. And then it's just so ironic that yesterday Jennifer Grodd was not taking the subway. She took the 101 downtown Manhattan bus on the east side down here to WABC. And she met two women on the bus in their 60s. A Hispanic woman who said that she's been mugged at 59th Street, Lexington Avenue, on the station platform under Bloomingdale's. And then yesterday, while taking the subway, a guy pushed her down the stairs. She fell into another woman, and it broke that woman's nose. From now on, she's only taking the buses. That's it, the buses. And then a white woman about the same age in her 60s, she said she moved here 30 years ago, encouraged her family to follow her, move into New York City. And she said, well, look, the the mayor, he's partying in Greece. Look at all the crime. I never take the subways any longer. And I'm moving out. And I'm urging my kids to move out. I can imagine Jennifer Grodd, right? She grew up outside of New York City. It was like um, uh, that girl. Remember uh, Marlo Thomas? Remember Jennifer Grodd was like coming from New Jersey. That girl, oh, New York City, the lights, the nightlife. Now, all of a sudden, you have Joan Hamburg and all these women saying, don't ever take this a subway. You'll be killed. And we have Joe Nolan giving traffic, suggesting that Danielle take the subway. I want him fired. If, if Sid is true to his word now that once again he's the ratings king in the morning, he can get Joe fired. Don't worry about it. Joe has a lot of relatives, former police officers in Jersey City. They'll hook him up into the fraternal order of police. He'll probably be the recording secretary. But now, let's get to the nitty-gritty of Eric Adams, swagger man with no plan. And this, this is really disturbing. Oh, my God. So I'm reading in all the newspapers today, and I concur. Hats off to Eric Adams for his bid to put New York City's safety first. It's the right move to treat the mentally ill. He announced at City Hall that he would forcibly have removed people who are emotionally disturbed, who are in our parks, in our streets, and most importantly in our subways. As the weather gets more and more inclement, Many of the people will go down into the bowels of New York City. Dante's Inferno will crawl into the belly of the beast. And it's a horrid existence. They're a danger to themselves and everyone else. Now, Lou, I think uh, we could all applaud that, right? I mean, I very rarely applaud Eric Adams, swagger man with no plan. But those are right. There's only one problem. 
He never told the police who have to do the enforcement of this. So he had the police, uh, he had the press conference at City Hall with all of the, uh, the head machas, Department of Health, Department of Mental Health, people of no consequence who work for the city and steal our tax dollars that will have nothing to do with this program. And he was asked by the reporters, where's the police commissioner, Sewell? So he says, oh, Sewell called me this morning. You know, we discussed it. She wished she could be here, but she was under the weather. You know where she was, Lou? Two hours later, she was at one police plaza for the farewell to the former chief of the department, (laughs) who after uh, 32 years, Corey, uh, was being feted. You know, they had a party. He walked a line. She's right there. She's not sick. And then the guy who's replacing him, chief of the department, Jeff Madry, he was there, and they said, How come you weren't at City Hall for the press conference about the removal of those who have mental health issues, who are emotionally disturbed in the subways and in the streets and in the parks? And you know what they said? Nobody ever told us. We never had any training. Nobody ever instructed us what we have to do. And remember, the the police are going to have to do this. Can you imagine this? He announces his plan. So editorially, everybody, including almost everybody here at WABC, oh, finally, Eric Adams, law and order, going to remove the emotionally disturbed, going to get them off the subways, going to get them treatment, going to get them the health they need. They're a danger to themselves and everyone else. And it turns out this plan that he described, that the cops are going to be trained, that everybody's been going through training for months, they're prepared to launch, and the police haven't been trained. The police commissioner knew nothing about it. The uh, chief of the department, Jeff Madry, knew nothing about it. Nobody knew anything about it. So he announces the plan, and what he, what, he heads off to Athens, Greece, and he leaves all the Michigash behind. My God, but let's, uh, let's discuss what's going on with the police department because uh, that's part of the problem here. We got the wrong people in place to do anything about cracking down on crime. For instance... The head of public safety for the city of New York is a guy named Phil Banks. I've discussed him before. He is in charge of the police department. Everything goes through him. Phil Banks originally was an unindicted co-conspirator in a police corruption uh, crime, a series of crimes that he was guilty of. He decided to jump ship on his other colleagues and become a confidential informer. He got wired up like a Christmas tree. And so he was saved while the others ended up losing their careers, losing their pensions. And rightfully so. They were crooks. They were absolute crooks. And you know what it had to do with Lou? Licensing for carrying uh, pistols, carrying guns. You know, it's the most crooked agency in the city other than the Buildings Commission. They should take it out of the police department. I can't tell you how corruptible it has been. People walk in there with bag loads of money and they say, hey, I need a pistol permit. And they say, hmm, that's a lot of money there. Yeah, well, I'm going to walk away. And it's finders, keepers, losers, weepers. The money in the bag is all yours. Just push my permit through. And there have been cops through the years with the Sullivan law in place that have done that. It is the most corruptible, influenced agency of the police department. They shouldn't have anything to do with this. But anyway, I take you back. And so instead of him just enjoying his retirement and thanking God that he wasn't locked up 
who does he who be who does Eric Adams, swagger man with no plan, appoint in charge of all public safety, Phil Banks, who has a private office in the Verizon building, who is answerable to nobody. He doesn't have an office at City Hall, doesn't have an office at one police plaza. And then the useless, ineffective uh, police commissioner who's never around, MIA. You, you know, she meets with only him and him alone. Lou on Sundays. She's not permitted to meet with the chiefs, the deputy chiefs. She's the police commissioner, right? She's supposed to be the big mocker, like Ray Kelly was for 12 years, like Bill Bratton was, O'Neill. Nope. She gets only to meet with Phil Banks on Sundays. And I hope it's in church. I really do. I hope it's in church, you know, while they're praying. So anyway, he's a crook because he's getting wine-dined and pocket-lined at the Verizon building where he has a private office. Then you have Commissioner Sewell. You know what she's doing tonight at 6 o'clock, Lou, with all the crime going on? She's having a party for herself. Where? At the stock exchange, where she's going to be wine-dined and pocket-lined by the hedge fund monsters, the banks that are too big to fail, the other financial institutions who passed the quantitative easing test, and no doubt Bitcoin bandits, blockchain criminals, and cryptocurrency Ponzi scammers. She's having a party at the stock exchange, and she's the hostess. That's nuts. And now Jeffrey Madry, who I told you has now become the highest-ranking uniformed police officer in the police department. Originally, he was the... Um, Deputy Inspector of the 75th Precinct in East New York. That's when I first met him a long time ago. That's the biggest precinct uh, in Brooklyn, in the city, and it's the most active precinct now. And this is what happened. I don't know how the hell he, 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 he emerged because the city of New York is being sued for him having a gumada named Tabitha Foster. Tabitha Foster, uh, Lou, was a police officer, female police officer, who was his driver. And, I mean, every time she'd drive him out, you know, there'd be a no-tell, motel, Holiday Inn Express. They'd be fornicating and copulating. And then she asked him to leave his wife. He says, I can't leave my wife. And so all of a sudden, they're in Ozone Park. They're in a park, Ozone Park. And they're on a hill. And they're in a, a big argument, right? And you know what she did, Lou? She took her gun out and she put it to his head. Right? These are two police officers, Tabitha Foster. She's in court now. She's suing the city for millions and millions and millions of dollars, state Supreme Court, because of the new chief of the department, Jeffrey Madry, highest uniform ranking person. Naturally, the local precinct was informed, Lou. They all come running. Bells, sirens, whistles. Drop that gun! Drop that gun! And then all of a sudden, Jeffrey Madry, at the time, deputy inspector of the 75 precinct, says... You know who I am. I'm the inspector, 7-5. Put your guns away and get out of here. I got it. Is that not the craziest thing? And this guy is now chief of department, the highest uniform-ranking police officer. I think now you understand why we got lots of problems with morale in the police department when they look at the number one two-guy, Phil Banks, crook. Sewell, police commissioner, missing in action, hosting a party tonight at the Stock Exchange at 6 o'clock. When you see her, say, Curtis Lewa gives you his best. Do your freaking job, PC. And now Jeffrey Madrid is going to cost us probably millions of dollars in this lawsuit by Tabitha Foster. 
is now the highest uniform ranking person in the police department, chief of department, in a situation that if any other cop had been involved in that, Lou, they probably would have been washed right out of the uh, department. Yep, this is what goes on in Eric Adams' uh, land. As long as you're a friend, as long as you circle your wagons, you could be a crook, you could be tainted, you could be MIA. As long as you're able to keep the secrets of Eric Adams, you'll have another day to play at taxpayers' expense. The founder of the Guardian Angels. A group dedicated to fight crime. On the streets of New York and on the air right now. Curtis Lewa on 77 WABC. You know, we throw out the term hero too often, so liberally used. Hero is what you get at a deli, right? And everybody's a hero. Everybody's a hero. Let me tell you about two legitimate primetime heroes. And we talked about them this morning on Sid Rosenberg's show when I was on at 7.05. Uh, expect to hear me on Thursdays. Uh, I hope that I can be on on a regular basis because I can bring stories like this to light. Tom Sullivan, hero of the Irish Riviera, a man who has served America in war, in uh, military service, and helped rescue uh, people who were injured in the attack of 9-11, right? Doesn't get any better. Comes from a heroic family of the Sullivans. And... Um, he has run before as a Republican conservative against Joe Adabo, the state senator, product of nepotism. His father had been a congressman. In fact, they named the bridge after his father that connects Howard Beach to Broad Channel. And he ran a great race, and he lost. And this time he ran against the daughter of Pfeiffer, the assemblywoman out there. Audrey Pfeiffer, she's 80 years old, the grand dame of the Queens Democratic Party. She's the county clerk. She works with all the New York State Supreme Court justices that are assigned to Queens. Her uh, domestic partner is uh, the lobbyist for the New York State court officers assigned to the... uh, to the court officers in Queens and in other locations. So... Here it is. Tom Sullivan was in court earlier today, 930, probably haven't adjudicated it yet. He won the election fair and square for the assembly. Everybody acknowledged that. And there are 96 ballots that were disqualified, disqualified by a group of Republicans and Democrats together. They said, oh, these are tainted ballots. But um, Aubrey uh, Pfeiffer. The county clerk said, no, nah, no, nah, we're going to challenge this in court. And she has the power of uh, Congressman Meeks, the crook that he is, and the crooked Democratic machine. It goes back to crooked Joe Crowley. And they have grabbed Tom Sullivan in court. And they are trying to steal the election, Lou. They're stealing the election. That's your guy out there. That's your, that's your state assemblyman out there. They're stealing the election from him. But even more egregious than that, is what is happening to my friend, a man that I've known for many years, Lester Chang. 
Lester Chang has served in the U.S. Navy 24 years. He served two tours in Iraq. He's a war hero, Chinese-American, went to Midwood High School, grew up in Brooklyn, then came and resided in Chinatown, Rivington Street. Three years ago, his uh, wife had passed away, and he went to Brooklyn to stay with his mother, the same house he grew up in, to care for his mother, 95, who was... uh, Suffering from dementia, we, we've all had that experience. I've had it with my mother. Uh, I've had that with my father, and many of you have had it. And he was the primary health care provider. And while living in Brooklyn, he said, you know, I'm going to run for office. I ran against Sheldon Silver, the Meyer Lansky, the Hyman Roth of the crooked Democratic machine when he was the assemblyman from the Lower East Side. And he did very well, Lester Chang. But he felt it was time to take out this guy named Peter Abate Jr. He's been in the Assembly, Democrat, 36 years. My God, the poster child of term limits. And in the midst of the campaign, Lou, it's the 9-11 commemoration. And Lester comes dressed in his Navy whites. And you know what Peter Abate Jr. said in front of the crowd that were there to pay their respects? He said, oh, Lester, I see you showing up dressed early for Halloween. How despicable. What a shanda. What a disgraziata. So Lester Chang, you know how Chinese Americans are. They're humble. They show humility. The way he got back at Abate was he went out there, knocked on all the doors. He had young Asians, young Chinese Americans uh, in high school and college who were volunteers And they won the election fair and square in a district that is not predominantly Asian. It's about a third Asian. It's a third Italian. It's a third Orthodox Jew. So you're looking at Dyka Heights, Bensonhurst, a little bit of Borough Park, a little bit of Sunset Park. He won fair and square, 53% to 47%. And now the Democratic-controlled assembly has said, we will not let him take his seat after January 1st. If we have to physically block him from coming into the assembly, we will do so because his residence said Rivington Street in the Lower East Side. And that was his last vote. And you say to yourself, you know, the circumstances, he was living in the house he was born. He's taking care of his mother with dementia. He's a war hero, a Chinese American. This is part of Asian hate, Asian discrimination. And all the assembly members are going to try to stand and prevent Lester from taking his seat as assemblyman. He won 53-47. We must fight for Lester and not let them steal his election, too.